What's up, Epic Film fans? Loisos here. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to our Mortal Kombat review featuring our special guest, Duty Dutrum. We got so caught up in the excitement that I neglected in the body of the episode to thank our amazing patrons and especially the show's executive producers, Jared Taylor and Johnny Nye. Your support means the world to us. We literally could not do it without you. If any of our listeners out there want to sponsor the show, you can hop over to our Patreon, where you can find exclusive content including deleted material, pre-show banter, exclusive episodes, behind-the-scenes updates, and more. That's patreon.com slash epicfilmguys. And now, on with the show. Saucy. What's up? There was a movie that came out last week. I'm talking about. We don't talk about movies on this show. A movie where um, people from a video game that was very popular in the 1990s. Um, a lot of parents picketed it and shit. It was like a big deal, very controversial. Yeah, a movie came out last week based on on that game. It's really bloody. A lot of people fight and shit. People die and stuff. And we have a podcast together. You're on the Epic Film Guys, meaning that you're supposed we're, to be a we're film live guy right that's now. epic. Yes, Mortal Kombat. It's a movie. We're going to talk about it. And we could not do this alone. There is no possible way. Listen, last fall, we sat down and we did an amazing retrospective on the 1995 classic Mortal Kombat. And we had big air quotes around classic. Yes, yes. Listen, (laughs) listen, listen. Every single person that has talked about that movie since the release of this new one has referred to it as the classic Mortal Kombat. Are they right? Are they wrong? It's for you to decide. Nick, say something. You're here. I want to suck a penis, want to suck a penis, suck a little dick. I was going to say something, and then you decided to jump in there with that uh, little Star Wars-themed song about sucking cocks. I'm not sure why that happened, but hi! Hi! The return of the soundboard. Yeah, so I'm doing all my live stream for the Cure stuff. I got my new rig, and yeah, my mixer and this computer like to talk to each other, unlike the laptop where i am seriously got some audio hardware in there that's not okay. But yes, uh, hi, all. We have watched a, a, a movie wherein people beat up other people, and we're going to talk about it. Murder them! Kill them! <laughs> Fatality. But those of you that listen to the show on a religious basis... And those of you that have not, and will listen to our Mortal Kombat 95 retrospective after you listen to this one, you'll know that we did this. 
with another special guest in which we are very thankful to have on the show again this evening. Please welcome Duty of the Shake and Not Nerd podcast, who is a humongous Mortal Kombat dude. It's a it's a pleasure to be back to talk about the spin-off sequel reboot of the best video game movie of all time. Wow, he went there. Yep. Name yes. a better you video hear game that? movie you hear than that, Mortal Sam? Kombat. Fuck you, Sam, for movie reviews and 20 Qs with your 2,000 out of 10,000. I, I wouldn't wow. argue that Mortal Kombat is one of the greatest video game movies ever made, but is that... I mean... It's not the, a high bar to clear. It's, it's, it's really not. Yeah, well, look, they, they tried to clear it with Warcraft, and they just got the story Jesus wrong. Jesus Christ. Remember Do you Warcraft? remember, guys, that we, we talked about that? That was a thing? That was you one of the very movie? first episodes I appeared on. <laughs> that was a film. Of course, you had Super Mario Brothers, you had Double Dragon, you had Street Fighter. Hey, but I will Mortal say, Kombat, baby. I really enjoyed Sonic the Hedgehog last year, so I give props to that one. I think it's probably one of the most enjoyable and fun video game movies ever. Um, and although we've never talked about it as a team on this show, I know Nick did it for a series he was doing in which I did not pay attention to last year, but I do very fondly recall how much I'm nostalgic for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yes, I know it's not Ooh. really uh, loyal to the game in many respects, but I love it. In any respect. All its cheesiness <laughs> and terrible. We're awful. loyal to any sense of sanity. But dude, listen. Speaking of sanity, let's talk about Mortal Kombat 2021. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let's get there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. That was a pretty good intro for what this movie is. But Loisos, there's always somebody, somebody out there that hasn't heard of or is not aware of what the movie is and what it's all about. So fill them in, my friend. In Mortal Kombat, MMA fighter Cole Young trains with experienced warriors Liu Kang, Kung Lao, and rogue mercenary Kano, among others, as he prepares to stand with Earth's greatest champions against the enemies of Outworld in a high-stakes battle for the universe. But will Cole be pushed hard enough to unlock his arcana, the immense power from within his soul, in time to save not only his family, but to stop Outworld once and for all? Mortal Kombat. First and foremost... Uh, I just want to take the time on behalf of the Epic Film Guys podcast to thank Warner Brothers for not only sending us an amazing swag box. Each one of us, myself and Loisos, I got a Scorpion swag box and you got Sub-Zero. That's right. Um, but they also set us up with a private screening to see the movie early. Fortunately, Saucy is lame as fuck and did not go. And I got I to was go working. <laughs> Give but, me a break. Um, but, you know... Post-COVID and everything, it felt amazing to get back into the movie screening world and talk to cool people about movies that haven't come out yet and get a glimpse back into what that's going to feel like again. Um, so I just want to take the time to thank them very, very much uh, yes, for sending thank that you. stuff out and for setting us up. But, Duty, you are our Mortal Kombat guy on the show here tonight. And I believe, based on what I saw, you got to see it early, too. I, I did, I did. Yeah. Um, so uh, Warner Brothers go through Universal Australia for their sort of uh, early screenings and stuff like that. So thanks to, again to Warner Brothers and Universal. Unfortunately, I didn't get an awesome swag box like you guys, but I did get to see the movie early. I did get a cool photo with, uh, with Sub-Zero. I saw and, that. That was pretty and, awesome. And uh, yeah, I did go in there rocking my Mortal Kombat merch to the point where they just went, we already know why you're here. What's your name? Sign you off. In you go. Um, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I got to see it early. They were handing out beer and fucking popcorn and everything. Just like go nuts, have fun in there. Wait, it was... free beer? Free beer? Yeah. yeah free beer. Yeah. Okay. They, so they, they don't do that beer. here. All right. So you oh, got a one right. up on us for that. 
Damn. Yeah, they just have these sort of like you're, you're walking into the cinema. They have tables on each side, which is all this different beer and heaps of popcorn. It's just like take as much as you want and you go. So it was it was awesome. Yeah, it was it was a great viewing experience. But we have to throw it to you, man, for your first initial thoughts. I mean, obviously you were heavily anticipating this movie, as so many of us were. The trailer alone, just even for casual fans, blew so many people away. So just give us your initial thoughts on Mortal Kombat. Look, initial thoughts, the the combat, the fight itself, the tease of fighting, it gets you engaged as if you're watching, you know, the Creed movie that Justin got to be a guest in, which was fucking awesome. Um, it is engaging as watching live UFC or watching your dad and your uncle have a fight at a Christmas party. It's <laughs> it's engaging and wants you, wants you to stand up and get involved with it. But And any tease towards upcoming fights just gets you gets you into it. Um, it's as gory as the video games uh, without being tasteless or without being over the top as well at the same time so it doesn't constantly give you large amounts of gore that just sort of desensitizes you but then when you do have moments in the film that have a decent amount of gore there was a captain america lifting up molnir moment where the entire cinema started clapping and cheering and and went nuts for it um unfortunately the film was the film was done in south australia and they put up an open casting call to anyone who wants to be in it be an extra just come on down take you know sign fucking papers and we'll take photos of you and then you'll be in the movie and it's like a six hour drive from where i live and i'm like fuck i could have been in mortal Kombat. it would have been sick and that's bro, awesome were, were there extras in this movie <laughs> did yeah, humans the, exist the very in this start, film the mma fight okay MMA right fight on. <laughs> that, yeah so i, I think and uh, like people at a diner and shit like that so they, they made it sound like it's like oh you know be, be an extra in in the tournament um and i'll get to that a little later um but the the trailer itself as well is is exciting but also misleading at the same time well excellent um well moving right along to you nick were you anticipating mortal Kombat at all in any capacity yeah i mean i'm i we talked about a little bit before we started recording but i suck at fighting games so i don't play Mortal Kombat, but I have watched like literally every scrap of YouTube, uh, you know, that you possibly can, like the eight and a half hour Mortal Kombat nine through 11 movie and like all that different stuff. Like I love the lore and the world of Mortal Kombat. So I was definitely looking forward to it a lot. I, there's a lot of elements of this that they tried to channel different aspects of this to try to make it so they could explain aspects of this world to a general audience that might be like, well, wait a minute. Why does Liu Kang shoot fireballs? You know, instead of just it being a thing that they do, like they, they introduce this entire plot hook to make that a thing. And it's kind of frustrating that I, I don't, it, it, the film doesn't need it. So every time they refer to it, I'm just like, God. Oh, I have a rant mm-hmm. about that later. It, <laughs> It's like Duty. Duty said it perfectly. He said, you know, the, the, the fights, like the stuff that you're there for, like the, the, the action of, you know, the combatants battling each other, like the fights are top notch. And I mean, they, that's where they put all of the effort and, and everything like it's, it's great. And there's a lot of just great moments where you're going to cheer, you know, because you're excited for this character or that character. Oh, he did that move or, oh, he did this thing or, oh, she did that thing or whatever like there's a lot of different elements like that that are in here that make this ultimately if you're a Mortal Kombat fan really really pleasing but yeah the way that they tried to translate this 
from video game into like just a, a you know something for the general audience to be able to get on board with and i'm not a general audience member in terms of this so i don't know how a general audience member would have reacted but for me i'm like this is so fucking stupid stop doing this and for one saucy i'm gonna go last oh so let's hear it motherfucker oh okay get with it get with it <laughs> well um I think Mortal Kombat has all of the ingredients for a pretty kick-ass movie. Um, it has a diverse and talented cast. Uh, the costuming and visual look of the characters is very on point, accurate to the franchise lore. There's plentiful blood and gore, as Duty uh, pointed out. Beautiful bone-breaking and, and spine-snapping fatalities that would feel right at home in the games, and some of which are taken straight out of the games. Uh the film looked and sounded great on my brand new LG OLED 4K Ultra HD TV with Dolby Vision. Daddy is so <laughs> proud of you. I am so proud of you. And uh, my 7.1 surround sound system. The problem is that all of that is dragged down, so to speak, by this amateur script. This thing feels like it was written by a seven-year-old boy that has just discovered the word fuck. And even in the context <laughs> of the subgenre of video games adapted into movies, this film is mindless and sloppy, and it makes absolutely no sense at all. And before people say, oh, well, Brian, what did you expect? This is Mortal Kombat, not The Godfather. And I've seen that exact same argument all over Twitter and YouTube and all of that, which, fair point, I don't hold this movie to as high a standard because I know it's meant to be an excuse to watch a bunch of two-dimensional characters fight. However, I look at the potential this movie had, especially with the involvement of producer James Wan, and I have a tremendous amount of goodwill towards him, and especially with an extremely effective opening scene that sets the stage for a more somber and character-driven take on the material, um, and I consider that potential wasted. There are elements that I really enjoyed, and I really can't wait to dig into our review to discuss those elements, because, again, there's a lot that you can just go, that's fucking awesome, uh, but that doesn't mean I should turn a blind eye to its failings. And yep. we'll get into all of that. Which but is something Justin. we never, ever, ever do. When do we ever <laughs> turn a blind eye to the failings of a movie? It's I mean, a canon look no further. movie. <laughs> look I, no I might further as well than our canon quarantine series. Literally, I, I might as well have just said that during this movie. Um, my, my first initial reaction, which is, you know, I forgot there was an embargo. I got yelled at about it and I tweeted out this, but um, Justin and I took, I took it down. You're going to get us in trouble already. <laughs> no, I just said, well, far from a flawless victory, Mortal Kombat serves up enough blood brutality, dirty one-liners and video game references to make even the casual fan smile. It's a goofy, gory, good time. And that's exactly what I thought as soon as I left the theater. Now tonight, pre-recording this little shindig, I tried to watch it again. But did I watch all the boring, shitty parts in the middle and the training montages that didn't make any sense? No. I watched the opening, which was great. Then I skipped forward to each one of the fights and I enjoyed them. And then I ended the movie exactly the way that I wanted to because I'm in 2021. And even back in like 1981, you could do this if you were really smart and fast with a VCR. So it's not much different other than the movie just came out and I'm able to do it in a streaming service. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really stupid shit in this movie, but 
what am I paying the price of admission for with Mortal Kombat? The movie is called Mortal Kombat. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to ruin this for you, but if you haven't seen the movie, stop here because we're just going to dig right into this shit. Okay? Spoilers. Spoilers galore. Spoilers. Yes. Spoilers. Yes. But I, I want to make this clear right now. There's a thing that Mortal Kombat centers around. It's a tournament. It's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and in this movie, a tournament never fucking happens. We get a bunch of fights. Some of them are great. Some of them are okay. But there's never a tournament. This ever. is actually my smallest problem with this film. I mean, not every single game has a tournament in it. And right. I mean, to be fair, Shang Tsung and the Outworlders are the kinds of pieces of shit that literally try to skirt around every single rule that they can. So I feel like it's all especially for what they establish in the film, it's in character. And like, there's no, there's nothing saying that we're not going to now, like because Shang Tsung failed to kill all the other throne fighters that now he's not going to be like, okay, now we're doing the tournament and now we bring in and we'll talk about other characters that they're probably going to bring in in future installments. Of course, you know, like all that stuff can still happen. I'm fine with it. It like, there's much bigger problems that this movie has beyond it being like, you know, no tournament. You know, I, I feel like that if, if you really, really want a hardcore nitpick it, that's a big one. But I mean, yeah, Listen, there's far bigger no, issues no. with this. No, film. There, there's far bigger issues with the film, Nick. But what I'm saying is, is what is teased to you, as Duty said earlier, what the trailer conveys to you, what the possibilities are that are going to be in this movie. Um, obviously, I'm going to be waiting for certain aspects of those things to happen. And for me, at least, that's what I was waiting for. And it never happened. Now, I have no issue in the long term if this does well enough, because I know based on reading, you know, interviews with the filmmakers and producers that, that this is a, a planned thing. Like well, they've we'll got huge the, franchise plans. You know, for this, we're going to yeah. get it in the second one and blah, blah, blah. Build it up. Cool. That's fine. But um, yeah, sure. There are a lot worse issues. I totally agree. And real quick, before we go any further, we're just going to hear a quick word from our sponsor. And when we get back. We're going to get into our full nitty gritty, deep, icy fire into our Mortal Kombat review. We'll be right back. Hey, Justin, wake up. Skins, I done told you to keep quiet or I'll whoop you. Justin, it's time to start promoting the fifth annual live stream for The Cure. I can't believe it's been a year already. We've raised over $30,000 for cancer research over the past four years. You know what that means. We have to make this year our biggest year yet. This year, we're looking to add $15,000 to that total. And beyond. Join us May 19th through the 23rd for over 50 hours of live entertainment from podcast partners and content creators from around the world. With your help, we can continue to fight for a future immune to cancer. Learn more about this year's event at livestreamforthecure.com. Together, we can make a difference. Film Guys podcast is fueled by our sponsor, Evil Tea. 
by the Evil Tea Company. Steeped in darkness, Evil Tea brings a sharp variety of tea flavors, featuring robust and creative blends for all those tea addicts out there. Use promo code EPICFILMGUYS for 15% off your first order. Please make sure to check out their website at EvilTeaCompany.com to find the right blend for you. Let's go into some of the things. Obviously, we talked about our initial thoughts. Let's dig in some of the things we had issues with, and we'll go right around circling back to you, Duty. What are some of your major issues with the movie? Um, look, to be honest, where do I start? Um, <laughs> the trailers for this 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 entire film, as though as great as the combat is and as gr- as gory as it is. This movie is the introduction of Poochie. It's the tease of the fireworks factory, which is the tournament that never when comes. When are they going to get to the fireworks factory? And and Cole Young <laughs> is Poochie, the character no one really cares about. And Louis Tan does a good job acting, but he is the most pointless, does he? useless... He's fine. No, he's not. Uh, character for this entire movie. Um, the character is made solely for exposition purposes for the audience, so pre-established gaming characters can explain to to Cole, aka the audience, what's going on, how the tournament works, the outworld powers, so and so forth. And powers are stupid. And I'll get to that later. But the exact same character you could have used, who would have been the exact same thing as Cole, but better, would have been Johnny Cage. Character is basically Jean Claude Van Damme. He goes to the Mortal Kombat tournament because he thinks it'll be good for his career because everyone thinks he's fake. He has no knowledge of Outworld. He has no knowledge of Shang Tsung, no knowledge of the tournament or powers or anything. Instead, they give us Lewis Tan's Cole Young, who his Mortal Kombat power is the Black Panther suit that just has absorbs shockwaves and makes shitty batons. And but it looks like a, go- a terrible, cheap Aquaman suit, though. It, yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, it looks like the cast mold they use for Aquaman. But like, you know, uh, that'll do. It, the character's awful. The character is crap. And he progressively gets worse as they keep introducing bullshit plot devices into the film, I find. Like, you think he think- might go in a, step in a good step in the right direction. And then it just, it's, it's not good. Rain's like, at one moment, he's like, basically, in other words, Cole, you suck, please leave. And Cole's like, okay, as he walks out with his tail between his legs. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, and, and I'm sure you guys are going to get to it as well, but it's, it's the whole, I can go on for hours, but it's the whole thing with how the abilities work in this film. And it's like, if you're born with this dragon birthmark or you've stolen it by killing someone who has the birthmark, you have access to abilities. And you need to train yeah. and learn and unlock what they are. And throughout the entire film, Cole Young is a descendant of Scorpion way back in like, I think it's like 1417 or something like that. But he's a, he's a far descendant of Scorpion. He's getting flashbacks and horror images of Scorpion surrounded by Hellfire and an image of this kunai, which is essentially his hooked weapon. And you're sitting there going, okay, his ability has got to be, he is basically the, the Eddie Brock to the Venom, the host for Scorpion to possess him to turn into Scorpion. I but thought instead, for sure that was what was that's, going to That's exactly the where they were going. I'm like, cool, that's going to be his his shtick. And it's just like, no, he gets a Black Panther suit with batons and he takes out Goro. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, 
Yes, oh. I, I just got to get to it now because my biggest problem with this movie is that it makes every single character into the laziest of all plot contrivances, which is they are the chosen one. Uh, and it only works for Liu Kang. Yeah. Don't even get me started with that character. I'll get to that in a minute. Oh, yes. The, the thing is, they set all of these characters up as being special from the very beginning. They have a special ability that they have to tap into. And when all of the characters are special, none of them are. Because they all master their abilities far too quickly. Oh, the yes. whole The whole Arcana plot device is a complete deus ex machina. It's hackneyed and cheap because it takes all the struggle away from the characters because they just sprout superpowers whenever they need to. You talk, you talk about the Cole Young character who is supposed to be the audience surrogate. He's created for exposition purposes. You put it so beautifully. But he starts the film as this failing MMA fighter. He's lose, He's basically getting his shit eaten in every single For $200. Fight. <laughs> yeah, and, and so um, you have this character who is established at the beginning as not to be taken seriously in a fight and the movie ends with him growing literal plot armor so (laughs) where so where is the struggle where is the where's the character arc that he has to overcome in order to become the champion it's just it's so you're 100 percent correct the arcana is 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 by far the worst aspect of it and then it it does the same thing that similar power sets or whatever do in other scripts that are bad like this it works at the whims of the script like sonya blade comes back and all but just magically has her right out of seconds 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 the next scene yeah like literally she's already got it and then like this whole thing was supposed to be this big struggle for all these characters and i mean kano's character says it jokingly it's like it's you never know what you're gonna get it's like a box of chocolates you know but why is it why does this exist and again this is something that some screenwriter somewhere dreamed up because they were like no it doesn't make sense to me, as a general audience member, that Liu Kang can shoot fireballs or whatever, so we have to invent this plot oh, contrivance so in order for these characters to be able to do these special things, but you don't need it. Why can they not just have powers and abilities? We, why does it? Why do you need a plot device to explain it? We, we also, yeah, we also I, need, sorry, Lois. Go ahead. Uh, you look at everyone's arcana, right, and Kano can shoot a laser lasers out of his eyes where he can do that in the game, but he should have his robotic eye. He gets his eye scratched by Reptile and you're like, cool, Jax is getting his arms rebuilt. Why not fix Kano's eye? That's and exactly that's what where I thought they were going to do from. too. Because like his eye would get more bloodshot. I was like, okay, they're clearly going to put a plate in there because his eye is getting I was waiting for it, dude. I was yeah. legit waiting for the moment when he was going to have the plate on the eye. Yeah, no, happened. he just gets really mad and then lasers up. He gets mad for an egg roll. Like, Liu Kang's got his abilities. Kung Lao's got his. Let's take a look at, besides Cole Young, which is, like Loiso said, literal I've got more armor. about him, too. I've got more to get into about him. <laughs> but Jax, whose arcana is to make his metal arms bigger. If he didn't have the metal <laughs> arms, what would his ability be? What if he lost his legs or his dick or something? Does his dick get bigger? Like, what's it? That's the stupidest. I, that's the movie thing. I want to see. 
I'd, I would have rather seen that, honestly. That's the that's, porn parody. That's the Ugh. problem, again, with, with the Arcana, is it's just at the whims of the, of the script. And the, the fact that you have to have the biggest, the character who is the biggest joke in the film, or who you're supposed to, he's the comic relief, Kano. You know, the fact that you have him throw a line of dialogue in there to explain away why everyone just has different powers is, like, it, it doesn't... All of that, every single thing about Arcana could be completely cut from the film. Just let them have powers. Yeah, Who don't you don't even cares? have to explain it. Exactly. That's the thing about the games is that the characters are all so disparate, and they look like they're from completely different franchises, but they all fit together in this world to give the players a variety of characters to choose from. Just have them show up and have them like make them have their powers. You don't need any explanation, especially for fans of the game. And it's not like it's not like newcomers would find it any more plausible, this this arcana thing that can just make superpowers materialize from thin air. That's one of the biggest things that I have a problem with, too, because a lot of people, you know, they're like, oh, this is the Mortal Kombat movie for Mortal Kombat fans. Fuck you, because they did not invent Arcana for me or for duty. Like, I have no I'm baffled as to why it's in the movie. It does not make a lick of sense. It overcomplicates it needlessly. And if you just had people with abilities without Arcanas, you would assume that these people, whether they be Jax, whether they be Johnny Cage, whoever the hell they might be, who are not already recruited into Raiden's team, they'd be keeping it hot, quiet and hushed so they don't get killed or drawn unwanted attention. And then that gives you your whole plot premise of let's recruit the guys with abilities who obviously aren't going... Like, let's do the X-Men thing. You have abilities. Come to my school with this guy with the big hat. Like, that should be the, the fucking plot thing rather yeah, than... And I don't understand ugh. why, you know, like, to continue on from that, like... Why does it transfer from one person to another when you die? Like I got a fucking problem with that. I got a fucking problem with that. Why? It doesn't need to. It's again. It's it makes this so needlessly complex. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Let's return to Sonya Blade for a second. Jesus Christ! I really like the fact that the movie sets up this this conflict for the character that she is the only one without powers. She's not a chosen one. And listen, I I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to say. I thought Sonya was fantastic in the movie. Yeah, I liked Sonya yeah, in the movie. Yeah, she was fine. Yeah, serviceable. The way that the character was portrayed and the actress is very good as well, even though she's very clearly Australian trying to do an American accent. This, yeah. this is the an Australian is not film. Con- well, I understand that, but it was just <laughs> the accent itself was not convincing whatsoever. But they set up her character, her her arc, her struggle is that she is the only one without powers. And I liked the fact that they were going to find a way for her character to be useful in the story, uh, despite not having powers. But then at the end, nope, she's just gifted these powers out of nowhere. Yeah. Melina stabs her and she's like, you're not, you're not a chosen one. And it's like, that's a big thing. She was going to be killed, but because she's not a chosen one, she just gets left alone. I'm just like, that's a big morale fucking slap in the face. And then it's just, I stabbed Kano in the eye with the fucking garden gnome. Kano's dead, which is the guy who's been carrying but this listen, entire listen, film. That, the, the precursor to that garden gnome, when earlier in the movie, when he's like, I fucking hate garden gnomes, and he spits on the fucking thing. It's a and it's, cum shot joke. They, yeah. They, yeah. Literally, and it's just like dripping off of it. Yeah, of course. It's great. And then later when he gets stabbed in his eye with it, it's fucking fantastic. I mean, that for me at least... I gotta get. I gotta get something. I have to get something out of Kano because let's face it. Uh, Thirty minutes in, he was so fucking uh, terrible, annoying, obnoxious that I wanted to fucking see him die immediately. He's funny for like all of fifteen fucking minutes, guys. I mean, uh, Kano is Australian. He's to fucking be, hilarious. 
Kano is listen, supposed I, listen, to be that way, though. I love I, him. I, I, he's I understand to be that. that way. I understand that. And this is on this show where we say fuck every other word. Get it? And where we we've gotten hammered a million fucking I don't times. Know what you're just, talking about. But what I'm saying is, is the joke only can last so long. So if you keep going back to that, that's your crutch. No, it doesn't work. You why not give fail. some of the? Why don't you give some of the other characters? I want to see personality. more personality. Exactly. I want to see more character stuff from everybody else. Yeah, it was funny the first five times. I'll give great foot massages. Cool, awesome. I know you're gonna die later in the movie, so. Give me more from the other characters that mean way more to this story, and they don't do that. And if you introduce Johnny Cage as well, you could have had because Johnny Cage is a comedic style yes. of character. C- you could have had them bouncing comedy. off each other. Yeah. yeah. So well, I, I think the movie would have done well to focus on less characters. I know they would have wanted to include a roster that would satisfy fans of the games. Where where where's this character? Where's that character? But I think. In my opinion, I think the Johnny Cage protagonist idea is fantastic, but really the emotional pull in the heart of the film is Scorpion and Sub-Zero, because that opening scene really sets something up that they don't even bother to address until the last 10 minutes of the movie. It's really a beautiful opening. I mean, it is. I mean, watching it in the theater for me, I was really set up to be like, wow, there's going to be some emotional weight to this movie that's going to pull it throughout the rest of it. And I, I could feel it. I'm like, oh, wow, the ending of this movie you just knew what they were setting up and at the end it's still a great ending fight but there's no emotion to it at all whatsoever for me i didn't feel that same connection because well, the middle know, of the movie doesn't really you know it doesn't follow through with any of that and you know what you know what it reminds me a lot of justin is is godzilla 2014 you know you have a brian cranston who is a super great actor. He, he carries a lot of emotional weight with his scenes. And then the movie kills him off or gets rid of him. And then you're stuck with Aaron Taylor Johnson, who, and I don't have a problem with that character that much in that film, like a lot of people do, but you get a similar thing here. You have Haruki Sonata, who is a fantastic actor, absolutely excellent actor, and really gives a lot of emotional weight to that opening scene in the movie. And just, and just a few and minutes. And you have yeah. Louis Tan, who and that's why I kind of laughed when Duty said like he was fine. I don't think he was good at all. I think he was really flat, and he's meant more so. It's it's not even a failing of his performance. It's a failing of the script because it puts the emotionality of this entire yeah. plot thread on his shoulders, and he can't carry it. He, well, he's cast. I feel like he could have played another character it. rather than yeah. call. Well, he's young. cast. He was yeah. cast in the movie more for his fighting ability and for, of course more for he was, his martial yeah. arts skills. Because he was, and, he was and, an MMA fighter. And, and he looks good, too. Let's make it clear. Yeah. He is very good Physically looking. Fit, he's yeah. got a great f- physique and all that stuff. So I get it. And and maybe they were thinking in the, in the terms of how an epic film guy would say, hashtag, it's a Mortal Kombat movie. Maybe that doesn't matter. But I mean, they probably should have thought it through a little bit more. I think so many fans are mirroring what duty has been saying this entire time is that why not just have it be Johnny fucking cage? It would have satisfied everyone. The new people that haven't seen, you know, the previous movies, the one that's ever played the games would still like it. And you know what? I like the idea of the misplay and fucking Johnny cage. I, I support that. I endorse that as someone that's watched, you know, newer wrestling in the last couple of years. He's a great idea uh, to, to, to be cast as Johnny Cage. I don't know what you guys think of that, but um, Cole Young, for me, he falls flat immediately. Um, but the standout for me as the horror fan and always a number one Sub-Zero fan is Sub-Zero in this movie. He's menacing. 
as fuck in this movie. When he, he shows yeah. up, his presence, yeah, screen I mean, presence, it is felt. He just stands there in the street like this with cool lighting on him, and you just see a little bit of smoke and there's a little ice on the ground. You're like, you just felt it, and you just got that excitement immediately. Hundred yeah. like yeah, when there's there's a scene early on in the film where like they're hanging out at the diner, it just starts snowing, and it's like, hey, look, it's snowing, and he's just like, oh, shit's about to go down. And then Sub Zero picks up all the snow off the ground, turns it in the Dude, ice, and fucking that throws it. That when he's picking it up and just like slams it down, and oh. he chucks it at the diner, and that one dude just flies it through the fucking air. Yeah. Who knows who he is? He's probably dead, but but um, every character has a like fantastic that. presence. Yeah, man. Correct me if I'm wrong, saying his name incorrectly, but Joe Taslim uh, played Behan slash Sub Zero in the movie. Yep. My favorite performance in the entire movie, 100 fucking percent. He just had to stand there with cool contacts in his eyes when he's Sub-Zero, but otherwise he emotes perfectly and he brings a physical presence to his character and the fight scenes that I think is unseen throughout the whole rest of the movie. He's fucking brilliant. I love everything Well, that's everything the one thing that's that believable about his character is like, I mean, at the end of the movie, I mean, it literally takes several of them you know to take him down like you have to get scorpion in there you have to get cole in there and he's even still a a, a kind of a formidable force against bit, the two yeah. of them and the the film really if this, the film does anything right it's that it really really establishes sub-zero as an insanely powerful adversary and well, as that's we always 100% said, villain, to its credit your, your film's only as good as its villain nick it's what yeah. we've always said on this show and i think that it in spades i think the movie because let's face it no other villain in the movie no other you know other characters that comes in to try to fight our good guys if you will is uh, anywhere near as powerful or as strong and and its imagery or anything like that i mean sub-zero just steals every scene so sub-zero is fantastic in this film but as a as a and and, and nick might agree as well but as a hardcore or the decent you know mortal Kombat fan Bihan is a the darker version of the Sub-Zero characters, but he's not a villain. And in this film, they just flat out make him the villain. Flat out make him the villain, yeah. Yeah, so they have the awesome... Like, the, the start of the film is fucking awesome. Like, as I was sitting there watching the film, my wife's going, that's Sub-Zero, there's ice coming out of his hands. And then you see, you know, uh, Hiroshi pick up the, the kunai, and she goes, who's that? I'm like, you can't tell who this is fucking whipping around with that? Like, oh, it's cool. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a rope with a fucking spike at the end yeah. of it. Yeah, but it's... It, it, though it is playing homage to the events that happened, they're not exactly what happened, if that makes sense. And, it, and it, it works well for Scorpion to seek revenge because that is his character's main attribute is, is seeking revenge. But he is fooled into thinking it's Scorpion and this film makes Scorpion the flat bad guy from the get-go. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to get a Spider-Man 3 Uncle Ben, you know, it was well, really me all along well, and they're going to bring, I mean, you have to figure if this does get picked up and go to series, I mean, we talked about it before we recorded, but like you see Shinnok's amulet in Raiden's temple, mm -hmm. like you have to imagine Quan Chi and Shinnok and like all these different Mortal Kombat characters, Elder Gods and all these different characters are going to we'll throw the their hats gods. in here as you get going. You know, I you, think you I have think to believe it. I think they didn't want to go too deep into the fantastical elements on the first movie. First of all, probably for budgetary reasons. And second of all, just to not overwhelm the audience with too much. Yeah, this arcana bullshit they made up was already way more than enough. Uh, yeah, understood. But, I mean, we only got brief glimpses of Outworld. Um we, we we really don't get to spend a whole lot of time with the villains, and we don't really understand what the threat is. There's the vague 
you know, they've won nine tournaments and they have to win one more in order to cross over to our world. And I don't know if that's from the games or if that's something that the movie made up, but okay. Um, But I just felt like Shang Tsung should be this terrifying force and we should see him doing something. And he was a complete non-entity in the film, as were most of the other villains. His outfit as well, and like Sub-Zero and Scorpion are fantastic. Shang Tsung looks like, basically sort of like the Emperor from Star Wars, but with body armor, but he can't be fucked doing anything, where the first Mortal Kombat film in 95, Shang Tsung wore this fucking wicked leather coat, but when he went to fight, he took it off and he fucking showed his guns. Where this is like, you know, if you could get close to Shang Tsung and hit him, he'd fall like a fucking sack of shit. He's tiny. He's a tiny dude, dude. Yeah, this he is like have I, fear into him. Just and and speaking, just as somebody who just loves you know the games and everything, like I mean, Kari Hiroki Tagawa is so like iconic as Shang Tsung now from that first film. They brought him back in Mortal Kombat 11, and mm-hmm. he's so fucking fantastic in like it was a DLC for the game. It wasn't like yeah, the main game itself. Month, yeah, but he's insanely good in it. So to go from that to this Shang Tsung and I mean really I this film just doesn't give Shang Tsung any opportunity to really kind of flex what yeah, he's we, able to do and, and, we see and, him suck a guy's soul out but like especially the other villains uh, as well we should see we should uh, see Goro just like rip someone apart we should see Melina yeah. do some evil shit the villains are, just show up the villains just show up and say we're evil and we want to take over, but we well, don't see them the problem, do anything. A lot of the problem with that too is is you know knowing Mortal Kombat and Duty, you would agree with this. Like, aside from Melina and Goro, the others they're jobbers. They've barely been in any games. They've been in like one or two games. So Rico so, and uh, yeah, yeah. Rico and Natara. So Cabal is a surprise entry that like he's like oh Cabal's in it. I'm like sweet Cabal looks. He great. was awesome. He looks by awesome. The way. He right, looks and great. it's like oh we've got Rico. I'm like. Who the fuck cares about Rico? He's in Mortal yeah. Kombat 4. No one played him. He sucks so hard they never put him in another game again. And then they picked yeah. Natara. And I'm like, why the fuck? They wanted, you, like, a, dis- they wanted uh, a disposable body count for the they villains. They picked the that, jobbers. But that's, that's, that's what they there. did. Yeah, that's fine. But like, you've got Melina, who is a clone turn, yeah. of Katana with Tarkatan DNA. So use Baraka. Because then yeah. you've got someone who yep. looks, you know... Uh, you know, non-menacing, oh, but then she takes her mask off. Baraka? Oh my god. Baraka oh, would have made perfect sense because then you've got like the sh- the show of the teeth, you've got the arm blades, and then if Melina takes off her mask, you see her teeth and you make the connection. But no, yeah. they just use fucking bullshit characters. Yeah, and also going back to my point about not overwhelm they- them not wanting to overwhelm the audience and also budget reasons, the the locations in which they fight are extremely uninspired. Uh, Cole Young fights Goro in a backyard. <laughs> yep, on a farm. <laughs> that was probably the weirdest, weirdest choice for me. There's only like two good locations, but I can imagine fans being upset at the fact that a character as weak as Cole Young. I mean, I guess that's what we needed him to do in order for us to kind of back him. And yeah, yay, Cole, yeah. we're on your side now. You're exactly Go back right. to the other yep. side with your arm, your Aquaman armor. And you're exactly right. If, if he won, now. yeah, if he won the fight on his own merit, it would be satisfying, but he didn't. He just sprouted magical powers out of nowhere. That's yep. what the film wants us to do, but it tries to cheat and it tries to fast forward its way to get there. Like Loisa said, he sprouts literal plot armor and the film wants us to buy into the fact that he's this powerful fighter by having him defeat. I mean, even if you're just tangibly aware of Mortal Kombat lore, you know who Goro is. 
you know? So having him kill Goro is like, oh, I guess we got to take Cole seriously now. Right. Uh, but the, but it didn't do the work. It's because too rushed, though. It's too rushed. And we've seen him fail the entire movie until that one pivotal moment where he needed to win. So the screenwriters contrived a way for him to win. Yeah. It's Which just... is absurd. Yep. <laughs> And Goro's fucking massive in this fucking movie. I mean, he's proper size. As the he characters be. look and act as they should. Yeah, but I'm like, there's no way your lame ass fucking beat Goro, dude. Seriously. So, uh, again, things that happen because they need to happen to make the movie go forward. And that's something that we haven't talked about at all, really. The movie opens with a great pace. I think the first act of the movie is very well paced. The characters are given time to breathe, to meet each other, to get to know each other a little bit. The world builds fairly well. And then in the middle of the movie, things just start going boom, 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 and, and, and blowing up in your face. And by the end of the movie, it's like five fights in. You don't I mean, you're just there to see stuff get thrown at the screen. They really just, I think, either didn't know what they wanted to do. Or they just rushed everything to get to the climax of the movie. It seems like 25 minutes. Yeah, it seems like 25 minutes was cut from the movie, at least. There's weird editing stuff throughout the entire movie. There's the part where Sub-Zero appears um, at Cole's house to, I guess, kidnap his wife and daughter. I mean, it looks cool when he's standing there like all Michael Myers and shit and looking through the window. Yeah, the frosted windows, yeah. yeah. But immediately but, it cuts back to Raiden's castle and Sub-Zero appears. It's like, how much time has passed from when he was at the house to when he was at the castle? It's just instantaneously he's there. And there's just weird stuff like that throughout the movie that made me, it, it took me out of the movie consistently because it was jarring. I was like, oh, I thought that character was there and now suddenly they're here. Um, yeah. And, and another example is there's the scene, uh, of course, Sub-Zero freezes Jax's arms tears them off awesome loved that great scene, scene. Great the fight scene. the fight yeah. between Sub-Zero and Jax was excellent and then Jax spends a great portion of the film bedridden because he has no arms you literally see him he has no arms he's just laying there with stumps the very next time you see Jax he suddenly has two wimpy little robot arms out of nowhere. And I'm like, where did he get those? Did he just sprout them or was he given them? It's never explained. He just has oh, them. Oh, yeah. They, they, um, they say that the monks are using um, ancient methods. There's that one quick it's scene a, where, yeah, it's a, Sonya, it's after Sonya line. is rejected, she goes to his bedside and then, yeah, Raiden's there with the monks and they bring out all the, like, the, the robotic stuff that they're going to attach to him. So yeah, it's, it's, a it's a throwaway scene. If you turned your head to cough, you would mess up. I just laughed out loud because we suddenly see Jackson. He holds up his tiny little <laughs> robot arms. The wimpy, the Where wimpy arms those? are hilarious. I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to lie. The wimpy arms are hilarious. But I mean, I, in terms of performances in the film, I think Makad Brooks is, is one of the better ones, though. I really do like him as Jax. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a great choice acting-wise for Jax. He looked the part. He, he sounded and, and, and played the part quite well. It was just... His fucking ability is to go from fucking Jack Skeleton <laughs> arms from Nightmare Before Christmas to fucking ripped as fuck. That's your ability. That's so stupid. That's well, so that's stupid. the thing too. That that's the thing too that confused me is that a lot of the characters can harness like elemental powers, like um, Liu Kang. Liu Kang can shoot fireballs. Sub Zero ice harness ice powers. Um, where does where do the metal arms? come from exactly i don't know it's earth 
the just, earth. I guess <laughs> metals and metals an element, all. but it just. Please let me take a few minutes to give thanks and stand in front of Liu Kang's grave because his character was shot on and fucking buried the minute he showed up in this movie. What a fucking atrocity for me as a fan, especially of the original 95 movie and of the early games as a kid in the 90s. His character was given zero justice in this movie, I felt. Again, great casting choice. Ludi Lin, he looks the part. He's, he's giving nothing to do, uh, though. He, he looks honest, good. He, he looks his, okay. His, I feel his, like they're setting him up very clearly, especially if you've ever played you know, the reboot trilogy or seen the eight-and-a-half-hour movie like I have. I really feel like, spoiler alert, Kung Lao dies in this film. He gets his soul sucked out by Shang Tsung. I really feel like they're setting up a character arc between Liu Kang where Revenant Kung Lao is going to come back in the next one, and then they're going to have to fight. I really feel like that's what they're mm-hmm. doing. Um, uh, and that's the thing, too, is that their their relationship, we don't ever really get to see it. They call each yeah, other we don't. cousin. They don't give and, nearly enough. And you really could have formed an emotional bond with those two characters so that when Kung Lao died, you felt something. You cared. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, cared. Raiden's and teleporting you... lightning has a different... Fu- it, 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 sometimes it's instantaneous, sometimes it takes 30 seconds, it just doesn't make sense. And Lord Raiden, who's one of the coolest characters, is just an exposition machine in this movie. He does nothing but, but expose it. Thank and... you. <sighs> It's so frustrating because you want there to be more to these characters because they're compelling characters in and of themselves. I mean, they have such rich, rich histories in the franchise. There's all this lore that goes into it. And in this movie, it's just completely surface level. And I know that they have a lot of characters to juggle, and that's hard to do, especially in a movie. But I think focusing on less characters would have helped and give things more room to breathe. Less characters are just give each of them more time make the film longer it's like you said it feels like there's 30 minutes or so missing from the film i mean i will at least give credit where credit's due i mean raiden does nothing and is an exposition machine i mean that's just mortal Kombat. i mean that's just in general that's all he does in the games that's all he does in in the other movies too i mean he's but he like he's he's, at least like he does shit in the original film and like it's a That's massive true. plot hole for this film as well is raiden is the protector of earth realm and he protects nothing in this film yeah <laughs> he, he but, but has... hey at least he's not whitewashed <clears throat> right so uh, that i makes chalk that up I the majority that up of people to... happy I, I mean, chalk that up to Raiden is an asshole because Lord Raiden's an asshole in any iteration of Mortal Kombat. But Raiden's, Raiden's just an he's, asshole. He's not Highlander, so that's fine, right? <laughs> oh, but like it makes it all fine. <clears throat> it's, it's, At least Christopher it's, Lambert had personality and he had, you know, screen. He had presence. gravitas. He had charisma. That motherfucker was eating up screen time every I feel like second. A lot of he these was problems on it. That we can point at. I feel like a lot of this is due to the fact that they are clearly aiming for a franchise here they're clearly aiming a lot of this stuff is like okay we'll get more into these characters like the relationship between Liu kang and kung lao more of raiden and all the different stuff with the elder gods if we get into that i feel like they're kicking these cans down the road because they're definitely it's like the universal dark franchise with the mummy thing and everything like they're planning out this whole franchise and they're trying to put all this stuff in the movie nick you know what they're doing you'll get all this other stuff later you just have to buy no. what we're selling now to Nick, get there. You know there. what they're doing? They're letting their dick shoot the jizz before it goes into the hole, my friend. It's true. Dude, like, they've MCU'd this film. 
Yeah, you know what I was reminded me reminded of? Uh, not just because Ludi Lin also played the Black Ranger, but I was reminded of Power Rangers 2017. And I really hate that I'm saying that because this that, movie has not even a fine movie. We talked not about Power Rangers last time ha- I was no, on no. the podcast. <laughs> in, in terms of quality, let me just say this. There, this movie is better than Power Rangers 2017 by far. A million but times this, better. But this film has the audacity to end on a cliffhanger for sequels, which, by the way, Raiden just says suddenly there are more fighters that they need to recruit. Where yeah, were that's they a lot this, of shit. this whole time? Yeah. yeah, but like, what's the point of like the? There are rules to Mortal Kombat. Like, believe it or not, yes, it is a stupid video game excuse for a fighting game, but there are rules implemented into the game's universe just like any fighting just like boxing or exactly UFC right or any yeah, fighting, yeah. There no, are rules. No, but they immediately break rules and there are no consequences to the point where it's like okay you're gonna you might potentially introduce some elder god stuff what's the point you broke the rules the elder gods did nothing so they don't exist you're literally fighting over nothing you can invade whenever you want you don't have to win 10 times in a row yeah. because the elder that's, gods aren't that's, stopping you like i said i really feel like that's them franchise planning more than anything they're like oh well it's a lot of this movie to me feels like oh we'll get to that oh we'll get to that right and i truly hate when establishing entries in a would-be franchise do that because essentially it's the filmmaker saying don't worry it'll all be explained in the next one or don't worry the next one's gonna be really good guys and that frustrates me because the 2017 power rangers movie ended on oh we're gonna see the green ranger in the next one we're never going to see a sequel. The difference between this and that, and there's like no fair comparison, Loya Sauce, in any possible way. I walked out of that movie in the middle of it to go get more booze, and there was none to get me through it because that movie was so fucking terrible. It was a giant piece of shit it with no redeeming fine. qualities. The ending battle was terrible. It all happened in three seconds, and no one gives a fuck about that movie now. I suddenly not want one Krispy single Kreme person, donuts. Not one single person Krispy on this planet so is bad. like, Anywhere I see, like, throwing in the Power Rangers movie from a few years ago to celebrate, no. But this movie, <laughs> it gave the goods. It really tried to at least it did give the fights, you, hey, yeah. in terms of the fights, which, again, that's the main thing that you care about when you go into this. Um, the rest of the stuff was frustrating, but I understand where you're going with that. Just, no. I'm making a comparison about sequel baiting, not the quality of, of the two That's films. every fucking movie, bro. That's every fucking movie in twenty. It's every movie. Well, we're that on the subject. The we, we're talking about, yeah, we're talking I'm just about saying, the I'm, just, that... I'm just saying, I'm just saying, listen, son, don't talk back to your daddy or I'll spank you over my knee. <laughs> I'll take that OLED right away from you. You won't be allowed to watch it tonight. <laughs> maybe he likes it. There's no maybe about it. <laughs> but in this case, I hope that if they do decide to make more Mortal Kombat films, I would love for them to take the elements that worked in this one, which, you know, there's only one element, the fights, the gore, the character, the characters looks again, cabal. Awesome. Uh, reptile. Awesome. Love the uh, way reptile all the characters. Okay. Fair enough. I love that um, fight though. Even if that, that fight's great. We didn't talk about that. The fight fight is fantastic. Dude, when Kano fucking rips the heart out of his chest and he's like, Kano wins. That's that's like his fatality that. from the first game it's, as well. It's, it's one of my favorite things in the entire movie. It's one of the only moments where I'm not completely annoyed and you know by Kano is fine. I get why he's there. I think that the majority if you were annoyed by Kano. It, they did their job right. Exactly. There you go. The only thing I really wish in terms of Kano's writing, 
I really wish it had been a lot less pop culture references. I get that they were in there again for the general audience to make the general audience go, yeah, yeah, I, I get, I get what Gandalf is. <laughs> you know, I get what Harry Potter is. I was just going to make mention that all of the pop culture references that Kano says in this movie are conveniently Warner Brothers properties. Harry Potter, yeah. Lord of the Magic Rings, Mike. Magic Mike. Yeah, <laughs> they're all Warner <laughs> Brothers properties, yeah, all available on HBO Max now. It's Space Jam, A New Legacy all over again. Oh, my God. I'm surprised he didn't mention MJ and LeBron. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised that in the background of Space Jam two or whatever electric boogaloo that there is mortal Kombat <laughs> characters because apparently anyone is in it Daffy Duck's heart. and joke is in it <laughs> everyone's in it everyone yeah. who has ever been involved in a warner brothers when there's what you see the shot in the movie where lebron james is zooming through the server verse or whatever there's a whole planet dedicated to the maltese falcon like that's a big franchise. It's a big Warner listen, Brothers franchise. Listen, so weird. As we already talked about in our patron only <laughs> segment. Listen, I'm Burton Batman is my favorite thing in the entire world. Ooh, and in ooh, that yeah. trailer, I saw Nicholson's Joker, DeVito's Penguin. Literally, everyone's in that fucking movie. But you know what? I'm probably still gonna watch no, it. You know what? I only didn't because see Jeep Swenson's Bane, so I'm not watching it. Well, because he died after six months after making the movie because of steroids. That's all right. They didn't really put Jack Nicholson in Space Jam either. I'm shocked that they were able to even use the likeness. They must have paid him a cool million for that. Um, but yeah, there, there <laughs> it is. We should we should go around the room real quick before we finish up our review on this movie, and just get one single thing. That we haven't already discussed. So, Judy, I'll start with you. One single scene or moment that really fucking made you super excited that you really got your, oh, you were just like, this is my Mortal Kombat moment. What was that moment for you? Um, look, I'm a Sub Zero dude at heart. It's got to be the, the, the final fight between Scorpion and Sub Zero to the point where he is, yes, characters in this film are doing fatalities from the games so kano's ripping out a heart like the og one you know kung lao is using his hat like a buzzsaw all that sort of shit but oh just how the, great was that fucking scene that's that was the point where everyone got up and started clapping and shit like that for that part but just the small it's a it's a more of a recent move for the for the recent games but sub-zero creates a frozen wall and then kicks scorpion through it and i just went oh yes like it's it's it's, it's in the trailers like sub-zero was acting like sub-zero um and i really really enjoyed that and then when i was waiting for scorpion to do some of his things he was very tame in regards to the love they give to Scorp- uh, sub-zero i found you know what this film needed a lot more of scorpion scorpion yeah i mean they needed a lot more like i mean and, and that's I what know, i'm saying like, but what is he coming maybe should have focused on them but yeah <laughs> i don't know if we're gonna get more of this in like future sequels or not where we're gonna get because he goes to the nether realm in the game you know in this, he just, in this, he just catches fire for some known unknown he reason just and burns into the ground. I wonder yeah. if yeah. I wonder if they'll 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 explain more of that where we'll get Quan Chi and we'll get all the different nonsense of resurrecting him. I would have loved to see like delve into that. Give us just make this just a pure revenge. For, make this the if, Kill Bill of video game movies where it's just Scorpion trying to get revenge on Bihan and like. Like maybe you touch on other Mortal Kombat stuff, but like dip your toes into this universe. They gave us too much of this at once, and too much of it is too generic and watered down. Have I, I got news like. for you? You need to get on and watch. It's probably on HBO Max, but it's on Netflix here. 
Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge. It is. Yeah, it just yes. came out what last year, right? I've heard dis- so many great things it, about it. it so is many people have told me to watch best it. Best Mortal Kombat film ever. It is full of gore. It follows Scorpion to a T. It's not canon. Let's not like you know. Let's change the story or anything like that. Like this film, yes, has got the Scorpion Sub Zero fight and the you know, Sub Zero Scorpion dying and. I would say it is like the same as Batman's parents. Yes, they might not get killed walking out of a theater. They might get killed by a trampling rhinoceros, but they still die. And Bruce Wayne still becomes Batman, but it's sort of two separate sort of little things. Did you also get a Batman Returns vibe at the end, Justin? Um, in, in what way? When, uh, when Cole and Scorpion are fighting Sub-Zero and he's cornered and he rips off his mask and I just, like, because they had this leathery sort of substance going up for his neck for his cowl. Oh! It just looked oh, yeah. like Batman Returns taking his mask off and it just looked oh, weird. Funny funny that you you thought of that. I mean, for me, like, the ending, um, I was just waiting the entire movie to see Scorpion again. And as soon as I watched that, that first scene in the movie, I, I knew immediately... Um, I'm probably not going to see him until the end of the movie. Like I just yeah. had that feeling. And when that happened, it's a little frustrating. I mean, again, the studio sent me a care package that said scorpion on it and it had a bunch of scorpion shit in it. And he's heavily used as the marketing tool, him and sub zero. And it's like, uh, it's kind of like that. It's a bait and advertising switch. thing. Yeah. I mean, um, in terms of mortal combat, time, it's, I mean, but besides Liu Kang being the chosen one, Scorpion Sub-Zero is like the most important thing about Mortal Kombat. Of course Kombat. it is. They're the yeah. most recognizable characters, some, some of the most recognizable characters in video games, period, as well as yeah. Scorpion is the logo for NetherRealm Studios, the company who makes Mortal Kombat games. Like, yeah. he's a big deal. And in this, like you're saying, Justin, it's just the start and the end and a couple of little Doom-esque flashes in a mirror. But... In terms of, you know, going back to the, those favorite moments that you had where you, you jumped up out of your chair and you kind of just shrieked in excitement, I'm on your side, duty. Uh, uh, that last fight for me, even though um, Cole just stands there punching ice like a fucking loser. Like, yeah, that's fucking he, weird. He, a fuck about he does what he's best at. Nothing. Nothing. I love how zero. I love how Scorpion basically just tells him, "I got this. You go over there. <laughs> Don't <laughs> get, interfere. Get out of the way. Yeah. Get over there." It would have been cool if Scorpion funny did if some more moves that. though, because he didn't like Sub Zero is doing all these really cool things involving ice, and Scorpion he's just using his kunai and he's using his sword, and of course at the end he just takes off his face mask and his face sword. I was hoping that skull. his whole head would turn the into whole a head. skull, man. Yeah. I was really hoping for that. You but know, here's like, it. it you know what made me mad to, to touch on that really, really quickly that I get like, and, and yeah, I want the head to turn into a skull as well. Like taking the mask off to breathe fire. Fine. I really am annoyed by, and it's a Hollywood thing. You know, that this was a, an agent thing where every time he talked at the end of the movie, he took the mask off and then put it back to on. Talk. And then he took it yeah, back off to it, say, yeah. thank you. And put it back on again. It's, it's it annoyed the fuck out of me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, you, you, I'd be sitting there with Cole going, he's going to breathe fire on me. He just took the fucking mask off. That's so a Hollywood thing where, oh, we got, we want to have his mask off so we can see the actor, you know? And I mean, again, Haruyuki Sonata is a fantastic actor. Oh yeah. All credit to him. But I mean, again, like you could tell that's just one of those things where just leave the fucking mask on. Like why, why take it off? It's just pointless. It's just, I'm nitpicking at that, but it's annoying. 
Yeah, it, it okay. would have been cool to see some, uh, Scorpion do like he has like this iconic teleport attack that he does in the game where he appears from the other side of the screen. It would have been cool to see him like kick Sub Zero to the other side of like the, the the arena and then he just fire teleports behind him and hits him again. But yeah. he just he, he didn't really do many iconic things. You know, it was my favorite Mortal Kombat moment in the entire movie. Yes, the, the sweep the leg bit. The sweep the leg was fucking hilarious. That got me Loved real it. good. Loved it. That was the moment where I was like, okay, we're 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 watching a movie made by people who are fans of the game. They may be incompetent at telling a story, but <laughs> at least we it. get moments like that in there. It needed to have so more bad, of those moments, man. It was a great moment. I feel so bad. Us, I mean, we're all fans in some way or other. Casual fans to hardcore fans, if you will, on this panel right now. I mean, I grew up, I mean, the first game that I bought on my Sega Genesis was Mortal fucking Kombat. Um, but we just got to be truthful. We have to be honest in our interpretation of this material. And uh, my main takeaway from this is going to be that, you know what? For the most part, as dumb as this fucking movie was, I want more of them. So what? We keep getting Fast and Furious movies. We keep getting Marvel movies. Why not have these movies keep coming out too? Because you know what? There's nothing else like this hitting the mainstream where there's movies coming out that are R-rated, where there's fights, where people get fucking knives stabbed in their fucking head and their spine ripped out. Please give me that because as dumb as this shit was, I want more of it. And I think there's a lot of potential to see where they can go with it. I really, I think oh, that there's so much left. On yeah, if this does go as of right this moment, guys, it has not hit its budget yet, but I think it's soon to get there. I think yeah. it will. I, so, I, I, I agree. hundred percent, man. But we're also, I mean, you also have to factor in whatever it did streaming wise in terms of business as well, because who knows what it did for HBO Max. But I mean, there's so this is a deep, rich, rich world with again, that's one of my biggest problems with this is is they just kicked the can too much. It was we'll get to that. We're going to develop that more. We're going to touch on these characters more. We're going to get into these characters more. You know, Nick, there's it's some... the whole MCU all over again with like almost <laughs> it's Age of Ultron. This is this <laughs> every is basically other movie. <laughs> Mortal Kombat Age of Ultron, where a lot of it's oh, just you like set that? up for well, future. We'll tell you about that stuff. in like two or three movies from Yeah, there. and I mean they're, they're, yeah. again, like it. there's 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 so many great things in Mortal Kombat that they that they can still tap into. I'll, enough of this and, and and to kind of get to that point with it. I think enough of this is faithful enough to the games in enough senses. And in terms of the characters, even if we don't get a lot of them, you can't tell, like, I mean, Max Wang as, as Kung Lao, Kung Lao is picture fucking perfect ripped out of the video game. Absolutely. Perfect. Liu Kang is fantastic. Sonya Blade is fantastic. All these characters, the pieces are there. You just have to let us as audience members, as film watchers, get attached to them and go on this journey with them. And maybe when we get the sequel and it's the actual first Mortal Kombat tournament, maybe we'll finally get there, you know, maybe, but just drop Arcana. It just, I don't care if they start the next movie and it's just not even a fucking thing anymore. Nobody's going to care. I promise you, nobody's going to give a solitary fuck. And then they already teased it at the end of this movie. And I know duty, especially like, 
that giant fuck belt buckle cage like that's straight out of the fucking games that is perfect bring in that johnny cage that cocky ass motherfucker wearing that giant belt buckle with his own name on it and let him be the protagonist of the second movie leading us into the tournament with these other characters that we've already gotten touches on and let cole young just kind of Go by the wayside. Fade Let him hang out there. The background. Let, or, he, he can or, be there, but... Well, you guys talked about it. You guys talked about it. Let him just be possessed by Scorpion, and then we just get Scorpion out of that. I'm I fine. thought I mean, for also, sure that's what they were setting yeah. up. I was so mad when that I'm didn't happen. I'm fine with that. Also, I'm guys, perfectly fine with it. I have to tell this out there as well, and I'm sure all of you will agree. Get somebody other than Simon McCoy who is only a commercial director, and this is his who first is this big guy? movie. And how did he yeah. get to nobody? Yeah, so... No, again, let's not hate. Oh, Duty, I'll let you explain in a second. Let's yeah. not hate. It's his first movie. So we got to give him some credit here for being able to accomplish what he yeah. did accomplish, yeah, 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 and yeah. let alone knowing it's Warner Brothers, though they gave us they gave us the Justice League Snyder cut. They're getting used to giving people what they want. We don't know what the original cut was. We know that there were a couple fight scenes cut from this version of the movie but give us somebody as a director behind the camera that knows how to make these movies and duty fill in the blanks yeah so, so this is uh simon mccord's first film um i think directing wise the 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 cinematography and stuff of the fighting was fantastic i have no problem with the actual direction and stuff like that that it went with the my main plot is the problem is the story but also the mortal Kombat film from 1995 was also paul ws anderson's first film so i kind of like that it's a first film for a 95 director and a first film for a 2021 director um but um, dare i say that movie is i want to hear actually i'm going to ask this question right now which film is better directed because i'll say the 95 movie is better directed directed yes i I will in terms of vision script everything ah fuck to be honest, I think if you merged both together, you'd have the perfect Mortal Kombat film. If you put the story 100%, and, the, and the, 100%. the tournament and everything and put them together, perfect. I'm gonna go with the OJ. Give one us for a sure. two and a half. Two, give us a two and a half hour movie, wherein the final like these characters have been literally battered, broken, beaten through hell. Outworld's forces are trying to murder them at every fucking turn, and it's just like. They get battered, but finally the tournament arrives and they have to fight their way through the tournament and we just get amazing fight after amazing fight of these scrappy Earthrealm fighters pulling victory from the jaws of defeat time and again, culminating in Goro not dying next to a garage and Mm -hmm. then Shang Tsung getting defeated. Yeah, you're exactly right, Duty. That's exactly perfect. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, everything you guys are saying is ex- the exact train of thought that I've got, and it's it's exciting to be on a, a podcast where there isn't people just yelling at you, calling you a fucking moron or whatever. Like everyone is thinking the exact same. We thing. don't do that. <laughs> we never do. Listen, that. You got to stop reviewing DC movies with fuzzy. That's your problem. Yeah, yeah, we should have gotten you. Uh, that's that's exactly <laughs> the problem. But I, I I enjoyed this film. I had a lot of problems with it and I haven't even scratched the surface with the problems, but I enjoyed everything leading up to the fight and the end of fights where it just went, I want more. Yeah. There's a lot to admire about this movie. I mean, it, it, it satisfied my hunger for wanton violence and bloodlust and all of that uh, in its capacity as a feature film, as a story, it's a failure. And again, uh, Simon McCoy, it's not his fault. 
he the direction of the movie is fine it all comes down to the script which one of the guys who wrote the script never done anything else before the other guy co-wrote wonder woman 1984 so that that's really all you need to know um and Justin made the point as well that this movie does kind of harken back to a simpler time, a comforting time, when we regularly got action movies that weren't superhero movies, that were martial arts movies, martial arts franchises, or at least dumb popcorn flicks that is based on like the hot property at the time. Uh, and this had the potential to be so much more than that. And that's, I feel like the potential got squandered here. And that's really where my misgivings of the film come from. I think as a piece of entertainment, disposable entertainment that you watch on, you know, a rainy afternoon, it does the job. But as, as a film, as a story, I wanted so much more. And that's really my final thoughts on the movie. So if we want to go around the horn and give final thoughts and ratings, um, I'm, I'm going to give Mortal Kombat hovering between a five and a six. Just go with it. But I'm going, to, I'm going to give it my lowest recommended rating. Six out of ten for Mortal Kombat. Mm. Nick, you next. I mean... I'm gonna go. Up, I'm gonna go a point higher. I'm gonna go a seven out of ten because I am a a huge Mortal Kombat fan. I love this world. I love this lore, and what they did right, they did so goddamn right. I mean, the characters we mentioned it earlier. The characters are picture perfect, pulled from the games. You, I mean, you legitimately get the Jack's head clap fatality. You get Kung Lao sawing. Natara in half with the hat. <laughs> I yeah. jumped off my couch practically. I was so giddy seeing that. Yeah, I clapped in the theater for that. There's yeah. <laughs> so many of those great moments that you want in a Mortal Kombat movie. They just need to realize, you know, the stuff that you already have. I mean, again, like if you if you watch like again the eight and a half hour Mortal Kombat nine through eleven movie, like. You could watch that as somebody who doesn't know anything about Mortal Kombat and you could understand the world and you could get into the characters and all of the different lore. You don't need to add. Sorry to interrupt. I want to ask this to Nick and and, and also Duty as well. Mm-hmm. Do you think this could have been like an eight episode series of television instead of a movie? Ooh. If you give us the tournament as well. But I mean, yeah, the if you is, give us the tournament, I reckon. There's so much even past the first tournament, though, because then you get Shokan showing up. And then, you know, you get Melina getting resurrected. And then, I mean, that's not even to touch on what the reboot series does, because the reboot series, all the different stuff, like when they age up the characters and you bring in like their kids and all that stuff, like there's so much here, even eight parts, I don't think would do it. Even eight parts. If you just, if you ignore all the reboot stuff and just like maybe Mortal Kombat's one through three. Maybe. Well, I'm saying, could could have, could this have been a season of television with with the opportunity for I more think seasons? So. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think yes. You know, a lot of the characters you can keep the same. And as Justin said, I could not see Shang Tsung. Besides, I'm good with calculations from The Dark Knight. So, in the original, <laughs> in the original Mortal Kombat game, Shang Tsung is an old man. So use the original actor from the 95 film, make Please, him look a little older God. and give him the big beard and the big mustache. People yeah, get people would that. spend money to go like that's this movie is a new Mortal Kombat film, but it is paying love and homage to the 95 film, which people have a strong connection to. 
I'm not kidding. Go watch the the YouTube stuff for the DLC for Mortal Kombat 11, where they brought in the same actor to mm-hmm. be Shang Tsung, did motion capture and everything. He is so fucking perfect. So there's, perfect. There's even a skin for Christopher Lambert as Raiden in Mortal Kombat 11, <laughs> and it's voiced yeah. by Christopher Lambert. Amazing. I mean, it's just I, this is it, it, it gives you enough. It wets the whistle enough, and it it it, it rubbed my Mortal Kombat boner to Justin's love of boners. So you're a little biased then. I'm de- oh definitely. I I won't pretend that I'm not. I love Mortal Kombat. So but I am I am that person. I'm able to fill in those gaps. When you give me text at the beginning of the movie that says Outworlds won the last nine out of ten tournaments, they only have to win one more to be able to invade Earthrealm. I'm like, okay, yeah, boom. I already know that, but I don't like but I'm not a general audience member, so that's not gonna really be a difficult pill for me to swallow it's not going to be a difficult hump for me to get over for a lot of this stuff because also as a movie goer as somebody who just loves film i know they're trying to build a franchise here i know they're trying to set up a lot of things for the future i just wish that they had done a better job of setting up this film and i don't think to go back to the point that we've all made this film doesn't need cole young it so you got So you're giving cool this young. shit a seven out of ten. Saucy a six. Yeah. Duty, what's your number rating? One out of ten, man. Yeah, look, I'm you going being to... the one, the one, the hardest, hardest fucking Mortal Kombat fan on this panel right now. Look, you play Mortal Kombat for side scroller fighting. You play GTA to kill hookers. You fucking play FIFA. You play FIFA to play soccer. You play NBL. For, you, you you play the games for the game. You know you you play Mortal Kombat definitely for the fighting and for the gore. And that is exactly the reason why you'd go and watch this film. Would you watch? You wouldn't watch a Mortal Kombat film going. I want to know the story and I want to know the characters. As a casual Mortal Kombat fan, my wife saw the film. She was dressed up in her Mortal Kombat gear and they were asking her questions. Who's your favorite? This and that. And she was providing simple answers because she's not a big fan. But she enjoyed the film because she's like, I don't give a fuck about the story. I want to I see a kid get decapitated. And we sort of saw that. But <laughs> as, a, as a Mortal Kombat fan, I'm sitting there going, I'm loving these fights. However, I do have some things I'd like to change. But that being said, I, I'd still give it a seven. I, I would do the same thing as you said, you know, pre-roll. I'd go back, I'd watch the fights again, and I'd solely watch it for the fights, and I'd skip over the shit I don't want to watch about. That's if Kano's not tonight, in the scene, yeah. I'm there skipping over it. Like, that's, okay, that's basically well, it. Maybe we're different in that respect, but... Yeah, look, one... yeah, as an Australian, Kano tickled a lot of fancies in their cinema, um, and making very uh, Australian references for, for us in the audience. So it, it helped. I also want to point out, in terms of Kano, and, and, and this was just it, it targeted to there were butthurt people on Twitter when the script leaked and the first trailer came out that was like, Kano's not supposed to be a good guy. Why is Kano a good guy? I'm like, you know nothing about Mortal Kombat or mm-hmm. Kano if you think that he's not going to literally stab anybody in the back the first chance he gets. Yeah. And what does he do in this movie? Stabs him in the back the first chance he gets because that's Kano. Perfect, perfect, perfect capture of that character. And I think that's what makes the movie ultimately frustrating for me is that they do such a good job of adapting the game in some respects, but in others, they completely take away from the appeal of the game in the first place. The whole idea of the arcana. Jesus Christ. It destroys the appeal of that what, word. The, what the that's game poison. is. That's poison. 
Not Again, a word. You know no. why you say that, Loisos? Because you're not one of the chosen ones. That's why. I guess I'm not special. Uh, again, I'm gonna, you know what, duty. Let's. We're, we should. Do you have the tattoo on you yet? Do you have that logo on you? Uh, I'm gonna get it, but I'm not gonna get the Arcana. I might get the. <laughs> I'll get the Lin Kuei logo. I've had it ever since I was a baby. But that's it's it's, it's the stupidest thing because if 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 someone just walks up behind Cole Young, slits his throat without even like you know doing anything, just goes and like he's dead. Well, what not? Take it a step further. Take it a step further. What happens if uh, Cole Young's in a plane crash or something? Uh, uh, then I, what happens I, I, to the symbol? The film doesn't explain it, but Sub-Zero kills Scorpion at the start, but because he doesn't die and he's not touching him when heehs dead, the mark doesn't transfer. Like, because he so, stabs the shit out of him and he leaves so and then he dies later. Fucking stupid. Yeah. Listen, listen. It is based on a video game, so going back to that, and with my final thoughts as we close out this episode, because no. ladies and gentlemen, this episode will go forever. I have more. I Don't know how worry. long this is going to take for Loisos to edit this, and bless his heart, he'll be dead by the end of it. Um, <laughs> but my rating for the movie, I'm actually going to go lock and step with Duty and Nick. Loisos, you're an odd man out tonight. Seven out of ten for me. I thought the movie was still good. Why am I paying the price of admission? I want to see blood, guts, gore, fighting, cool characters, ice, fire. Whatever it is that uh, Sonya shoots out of her arms. I I just, my main issues are rings and purple rings. Melina's face. Melina's face was pretty crap that she opens up her mouth at the last second, then immediately gets shot. I'm like, that's Melina. Honestly, I I was just thinking of how many dicks that you could fit into that mouth if she opened it wide enough. How hard would that hurt if there was? Like I do five like. I, I really, really do like because you know, and when when you you see the first trailer for this and you, you see the Molina design, and it's nothing against the performance. I think the performance is yeah, is performance fine. is fantastic. Stringer yeah. is good. I wasn't a fan of like, but you could see like that Joker cut smile yeah. thing. So when the mouth rips open and you finally see the Tarkatan teeth, like the, all that thing, yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. That's so great, and then dead i was like what you're so cool brewster everyone ripping off i was just yeah i'm just like you know like that should have been it from the start yeah calm down everybody calm down katana will be in another mortal Kombat movie i know that melina's a clone of katana and everybody is so upset like where was katana how can you not have katana but katana's probably imprisoned by shao khan somewhere or off trying to usurp him because well, she appears she at the tournament that never happens so ladies exactly. and gentlemen <laughs> our main takeaway from this episode as you can hear we all liked so much of this movie and were frustrated by equal parts uh if not more than we were enjoying but the main thing that we want after this movie is more of these movies 100%. Give them to us. I really hope. Lots I of them. really, really want to get a right? I mean, like, like I said, uh, t- take the elements that worked in this one and improve on everything else. Yeah, if, if 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 this film was half an hour, forty minutes longer, and you know, people, you know, Kung Lao dies, and then it's like, yeah, and the tournament's tomorrow. It's like, cool, you've put in stakes into this film. We've lost a fighter, and the tournament is tomorrow, or or whatever it is. Like, it would have been awesome. Because we had tournament arenas in this film, like Jax fights Rico on a bridge. And that's an iconic level from the games. Yeah. 
There's so much. But then more. he fights Rico, and it's like no one cares. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing we cared about is we got the Jacks head clap fatality. That's the, that's the, that's the main thing that we really cared about. It just, I think when we get sequels out of this and when they build a franchise out of this, you know, I I really, I want to see the first tournament. I really, really feel like we're going to get a lot more Liu Kang and we're going to get Liu Kang backstory in that film. I feel like they're going to be able to delve into that. We're definitely going to get Johnny Cage and Johnny Cage is an amazing character. I, I love that character, especially, I mean, to go back again to the to the to the reboot trilogy i love the way that they develop that character and and how that character grows as he matures i just there's so much left untapped here there's so much potential left here that they have not even scratched the surface of yet they could turn this into a huge thing they and we're just gonna, need and to the, the actor who plays Sub Zero signed on for like three or four more films. He said yeah. three or four, yeah. I mean, yeah. we're getting noob Saiba. I we're mean, getting there's, noob, there's, yeah. there's no question. And I mean, I'm hopefully and that's to, to kind of nitpick a little bit. Like when you think of Cole Young, if you pronounce uh, what is it, Kwai Yang or Kwai Liang? I, I I, yeah. The, who is, you know, the good Sub-Zero, who basically is like the, the you know, the non-villainous Sub-Zero that is Mortal Kombat 2 onward. Like, if you westernize that name or if you pronounce it fast enough, it, Cole yeah. Young. Yeah. It's, it's Cole Young. Uh, why wasn't that? Why why isn't that just what they did? Period. If it was the young you know? Sub-Zero that had like no knowledge or anything of it or whatever. Yeah. I Like, I don't, I again, yeah, there's a lot of different things that I don't understand why they did them the way that they did and why it doesn't make a lot of sense and whatever. But if it just, if it's their way of dipping our toes into this world and then they're going to launch us full throttle into the tournament next time around. Okay. Mm. Well, that ladies and gentlemen is the Epic Film Guys review of Mortal Kombat 2021. Duty? As our special guest, please tell our listeners if they're not already initiated with your talents, with your beauty, with your lack of wearing pants and wearing Mortal Kombat shirts, tell them where they can find you on social Uh, media and the like. Yeah, there's two places you can find me. Um, You can listen to me twice a week whenever we can be bothered to record on the Shaken Not Nerd podcast uh, and the Shaken Not Noob podcast. They're on the same channel. One is video games, one is movies. Uh, And I think, yeah, the most recent episode we've done will be either Mortal Kombat or the last episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, Alternatively, I've got a YouTube channel. It's only about a year old. It's called Duty, so it's just D-U-D-I. Each week I take a look at must-play games, DLCs, new releases, all that sort of stuff. So currently I'm looking at uh, Resident Evil 8, but I have covered Mortal Kombat, I think, three times on the channel. So if you want to see some awesome fighting, some fatalities, or just, you know, what to play, what comes out, or some recommended games, check that out. Uh, And you can find me on Twitter at DameDutyDench. There she be. And Nick, you don't get to talk now because everyone already knows about you. Ouch. Well, let him let him talk about live stream for the cure. It's coming up. Oh yes. wait, I forgot. Oh, there it is. I've sacrificed my beard for that course before. He d- d- listen. You looked fucking spectacular after that. That was no punishment for you, sir. I got a lot absolutely of no punishment. You I had to go interview that. Sam Witwer with that beard. <laughs> I mean. 
but yeah, live, live stream for the cure.com. Everything is now pretty much streamlined for the event where all of the relevant links, social media, where you can catch the event, where you can make an early donation. And if you're listening to this before the end of April, which I know it's going to be a tight window by the time this episode releases, but get a t-shirt, support the event. We're raising $15,000 for a future immune cancer uh, for the Cancer Research Institute. And I mean, I, in the past two weeks have have had two people close to me or two people that I know who have been diagnosed with cancer, you know, and it, it's just, it, it, it strengthens my resolve every time I, I hear about these kind of things of why I, and I'm in the, I'm in the fight of it right now. I'm in the, the slog of the workload doing it, but please donate, please mark your calendars 4 PM on the 19th Eastern time. 4 p.m. on the 19th, the kickoff event will go live, and we're going to be over 50 hours to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute. We have dozens and dozens of amazing shows, amazing content creators, all lining up. It's going to be it's going to be amazing. It's it's going to be great, and we're going to absolutely smash it this year, just like we have for the past three. I can't wait. I might donate my beard again. I'll do the uh, sub uh, scorpion beard from the film. There you go. Yeah, please punish i'm holding up air quotes audio <laughs> audience please punish duty by making him look like hanzo hasashi we'll, f- we'll find some other photos to use <laughs> and voice us if there's anyone listening to this show that is unaware of where to find us you know the main uh, you know the well, whatever we are i don't even you okay there, Justin? <laughs> the Cliff C chord of this show, you know. I'll put my uh, golden helmet on and fly around Hollywood. <laughs> Tell them where we're going to find uh, that rocket pack. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, etc. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Epic Film Guys. Uh, and also join the Hopesters Dumpster on Facebook, our Facebook fan group, where we talk movies. Join us. We'd love to have you. And that's it. And I would love to thank each and every one of you for listening every single week and for duty for coming on. I know thank you, duty. It's been a pleasure. I, he's I got his gym game coming up. On. I know Mortal Kombat's his thing, but he's, he's going to the gym. It's early over there. I mean, you know, this is a big deal. Dude, so, I love coming uh, on Epic Film. I love watching live stream for The Cure because I get to see, you know, guests from other podcasts that I listen to religiously, you know, help and support. I love listening to you guys. The Hoopsters Dumpster is a place of large amounts of entertainment. And every morning, Justin teaches me something new on the 89 Batman film. Oh, well, I try. <laughs> In all seriousness, it just feels good to have things back to normal in a weird way and uh i'm just so thankful for it so i'm thankful for each and every one of you duty loy sauce nick everyone that's on the show and until next time i will salute yes because i'm you and i or nick are the only ones with the drink in hand uh, hey hey duty's got his water <laughs> dude that's my, i have the same shaker except for it's blue exact same one hey. oh, loy sauce is still drinking you didn't finish that yet god damn it There's like two sips left. Until next time, we will see you at the movies. Mortal Kombat!